Let us pray. God, please quiet our distracted thoughts. Help us know your truth in our hearts. Help us listen for your wisdom and your word written for us many years ago, yet for a time such as this. Amen. Our Old Testament scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 5 through 7. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you may be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers. Kings shall see and stand up, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Thank you to the session for the invitation to preach this morning, to be with you. It is my privilege to be here. The last time I was invited to preach here was the Sunday after Christmas, 1973. It was my second year in seminary. I was under care of the session here, so I came home from school from Louisville Seminary and my dress shoes were disco shoes. They were a bright orangey brown and the heel was about that tall and my hair was probably down over my ears. Well, the pastor of the church, my father, bought me a pair of black plain dress shoes and my mother sent me to the barber before she would let me be in the pulpit. And my text that morning was the story of Simeon, the story of an old man who hopes in God. So now all these decades later, I still wear black shoes to preach on Sunday. I don't have much hair left to cut. And now I am the old man who hopes in God. Our second scripture is Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, To do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, 
This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The story of Simeon is one of my favorite stories in the collection about the birth of Jesus. In the other stories, people all get surprised or ambushed. Elizabeth and Mary are both startled by angel's visit, and the first thing the angel has to do is say, don't be afraid, calm down. Joseph makes plans that are interrupted by a strange dream. Shepherds are dozing in the field when the sky explodes with angels singing. And magi far away see a star in the east and follow it. But the story of Simeon is about a patient old man, a pious poor Jew living in Jerusalem, In his 80 years, he has seen it all, good governors and bad ones, fine priests serving in the temple, and selfish ones. He's seen the stock market soar. He has seen famine in the land. The headlines have told of crime in the streets or corruption in high places or broken promises. Simeon has seen days of despair and surprising gifts of friendship and grace. And through it all, he has been a man of hope, a prayerful person who has heard God's promise of a Messiah and who keeps looking for him. I think that for 20 years, Simeon has been trudging up the steps of the temple every morning asking, is this the day? Will I see him today? Hope keeps him moving and searching. On the day that Luke describes, Simeon hurries his old self up the steps and into the temple courtyard, his stick clacking on the stone steps, his beard fairly flying in the breeze. His eyes are wide. He looks, he looks, and there is a young couple clearly from the backwoods just poor people buying a pair of pigeons, according to the law, and holding a baby wrapped in a hand-me-down quilt that has seen better days. Simeon hurries over, he introduces himself, and like a proud grandfather, he scoops the baby up in his arms, and he practically dances as he declares, Adonai, Adonai, Lord, Lord. Now I can die happy, for I have seen your greatest gift. I have held your salvation in my own hands, a light for all nations, honor for your people Israel. I think he makes such a fuss that people start to come over. A crowd gathers to see what all the excitement about. Some think maybe royalty has entered the room, and so they come over, and other thinks maybe there's been a miracle. This is the temple. But when they get there, it's only a baby. Just a child with his mom and dad and some old guy grinning and singing. It's just a baby. 
Now, I want to pause here for a moment in the story. I want to step away from this story to tell you about a hunch that I have. It is pure speculation, just a guess. I think that for 20 years, Simeon has been going to that temple, looking around, and every morning he picks a baby. For 20 years, he has been blessing infants praising God for the gift of this child, congratulating parents on their little one and telling them that this child is special and warning them that parenthood is joy and sorrow, gladness and struggle. I think Simeon has been treating babies like holy visitors for a long time. I think he practiced blessing children so that he would be ready for the Messiah. And I think that's a great way for us to get ready as well, a great way to make the Messiah welcome by blessing the children, not just our own, but all the children we can find. Which leads me back to Luke's story. It seems that babies are important to God, that when the light to the Gentiles comes and the glory for nation Israel, he comes as an infant. Emmanuel, God with us, in the flesh as a baby. You know the fancy name for this is incarnation, which means in the flesh or in the body. I think a better phrase is in person. The love of God shows up in person. The word of God comes written in the flesh. For biblical religion is very earthy. It's very much about stuff like babies and food, mothers and shelters, parents finding jobs. If you trace the word salvation through scripture, You'll see that it is used to refer to things like getting out of slavery in Egypt, being delivered from a famine with the gift of rain, being saved from the attack of an enemy. All are very earthy happenings. Salvation is not particularly a spiritual word. It is about rescue and release and welcome for people. We were in Egypt a few years ago, and in Cairo, the members of the Coptic Christian Church, one of the oldest gatherings of Christians on earth, the people there like to show visitors the cave where it is said that the Holy Family hid when they fled to Egypt, Mary, Joseph, and their baby. And that Coptic church has a whole ancient tradition of welcoming strangers, of being salvation or rescue for refugees in need. It is biblical religion that they practice when they make strangers feel safe. Simeon holds a baby but sings of a light coming into the world. And we see this light in the Gospels. As a small town boy grows up to be a man who welcomes outcasts, who touches lepers, who speaks to laborers and fishermen and washerwomen, telling them to love God and to love their neighbors. 
That is the down-to-earth kind of religion we find in Scripture, in Jesus, God's gift to us. Christmas is the celebration of the Incarnation, the festival of God's love come in person once upon a time and still coming in people who show love, share food, offer forgiveness, hand out mercy, and keep hope alive. We honor Emmanuel, God with us, when we welcome babies, when we teach children, when we help our neighbors, when we organize housing for the homeless, when we work to reduce violence in our communities, when we pray and work for peace on earth. We are the ones who practice biblical religion. When we treat every baby as God's gift, and every teenager has a promise of hope and talent for good, and every adult, no matter what race or gender or orientation or nation, when we treat them all as created in God's image, as kinfolk of the baby from Bethlehem. We celebrate the incarnation every time we honor an older person, when we care for the frail and the infirm, this is biblical religion. This is the incarnation alive among us. I want to close with a story. And it's a story about how the ministry of this congregation influenced me. When I was 15 years old that summer, I volunteered to help with Vacation Bible School at Grace House, an ecumenical ministry over in a very poor part of downtown Richmond. There was a young woman in our youth group that I had a crush on, and she had volunteered, so I volunteered. I always had very noble reasons for my actions. And we ran vacation Bible school. We went through the neighborhood and knocked on doors and invited the children. And then each morning they would gather for Bible stories and songs and games and food and field trips. And on one particular morning, I was waiting on the front porch of Grace House and a little boy I'd gotten to know showed up, Johnny. And he was wearing shorts and I noticed there was a red rash on his legs and just to make conversation, I mean I'm 15 years old, I say, Johnny, what's the rash on your legs? Thinking it's poison ivy. And he looks down and without flinching he says, oh it's roach bites. He had bugs in his bed at night. And it was my first encounter with poverty up close, realizing that I only lived a few miles away and every night when I went home there was food on the table and the sheets were clean in the beds and we knew the heat would be on. And here was a completely different story. It was also an encounter that summer with adults who knew that all people mattered to God and who acted out the biblical religion that all babies are kin to Jesus. It was an encounter with people who by their actions sought to keep hope alive for others and for themselves. That is the incarnation at work in and through us. I love the story of Simeon. 
For it stars a person who learned to keep hope alive through dark times and good, and who knew how to keep looking forward. Keep hope alive, that is my prayer for us in this new year and all the years ahead. Thanks be to God.